Hey there, welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed can be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and today we are talking about personal style. After recording the office hours episode for this week, I realized there was a lot more I wanted to talk about on the subject of personal style and with the release of our wardrobe personality quiz that you can find at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash episode 51, I thought we would just keep the subject rolling. Every week I talk about style being fun and easy, and I think most people want style to be easy and you realize that it can be easy, but I know a lot of you don't really think it can be fun. Like that's just an unattainable goal and I'm just a crazy lady for saying it. But when you put your personal style into your wardrobe, that's when it becomes fun. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to share a few tips for discovering your personal style and then bringing it to life. Also today, in Lessons from Linda, I'm going to share the story of a Linda who carried a 20-year chip on her shoulder. In vocabulary, we're going to talk about a popular summer fabric. It's one that I don't really love, and I will tell you why. And then in current events, we are going to discuss stores reopening. Yes, they've been closed now for eight weeks or so, and we're going to talk about what steps they're taking to keep their customers and their employees safe. And I'm really curious to know your thoughts on stores reopening. Before we get started, though, your homework from episode 48 was to reflect on the style lessons you learned from your mom and let go of the ones that are limiting rather than empowering. I also gave you an extra credit assignment, which was to share with your mom, if you can, a memory of an outfit she wore that made her look beautiful. This was really fun to do with my own mom and the look on her face when I told her about that pink Liz Claiborne sweater with the deer on it was absolutely wonderful. I loved that outfit. And then she said really wistfully, oh, with the gray jeans. And I could tell that that was a favorite outfit of hers as well. So it was really fun to do. And if you haven't done that yet, and you can, I really encourage you to call your mom this week and share a clothing memory. Okay, let's kick things off as we always do with lessons from Linda. We are heading way back into my memory archives for this one, all the way to my early days in Chico's, probably mm, 2001. Now I've got a pretty good memory, so it's really not all that impressive that I remember something from like 20 years ago, but I interacted with this Linda for maybe 30 minutes tops. And while I normally know the name of the person I'm sharing in my Linda stories, and I call him Linda to protect the innocent, I have no idea what this woman's name was. She really could have been called Linda. I I don't know. But I share this with you to highlight how memorable this short interaction with a stranger was. It has left an impression on me for two decades. So one day I was in my store with a couple of employees and a few customers, and we were having a great time. There was always a lot of laughter and camaraderie with our customers. And to this day, I miss it very much. It was fun to be in the presence of women having fun. I mean, like I got to go to work every day and just be with happy women. And it was great. Anyway, on this day, the door opened and Linda walked in and brought all the bad juju she could muster with her. It started when I called a cheerful hello from the back of the store. And then she said, I'm just looking without even making eye contact. 
the woman I was working with gave me a little look like, dang, you know, kind of back off. But I just brushed it off and let her go about her business. One of our saleswomen, who we will call Tina, went to go see if she could help. And Linda told her straight up in no uncertain terms that if she needed help, she would ask for it. And she did not want to be sold to. So don't even bother telling her what was on sale. I mean, okay, fine. We all backed up. We all gave her her space. But the energy in the whole store was just different. It was a small location and Linda's hostility was like this cloud around her. She was mad when we had to open a fitting room for her. She was irate that we didn't have mirrors in the fitting rooms and she had to come out to see herself. I was kind of just hanging out with my clients. So I just kept an eye on this, but Tina was determined to crack that tough experience and kill her with kindness. And now I was kind of watching this go down, curious what was going to happen. Linda was trying things on and she was stomping around the store, getting different sizes, whatever. And she was making sure everyone knew that she wasn't enjoying herself. But Tina just kept smiling and trying to help. Linda came out to look at herself in the mirror and Tina said something like, you look great or that looks great. I don't know what the exact words were, but the word great was used. And then came the most epic meltdown I have seen in 20 years of dressing women. Linda stood in the mirror and she gestured to herself up and down her body. And she said, just irately, furiously, this is not great. How can you say this is great? Are you paid to lie to women so you can sell things? It went on like this for a minute or two. And Tina just stood there stunned. I stood there stunned. I mean, what do you even say to this? Then Linda went back into the fitting room. She got her purse and she brought it out, pulled out her wallet, and she showed us a picture of herself, probably 20 years younger and maybe 30 pounds lighter. She kept on saying, this was great. I looked great then. And then she would gesture to her body and say, this is not great. I don't look great now. And I mean, she just kept at it. Tina was amazing in that moment. And she said, yep, you looked great then. And you look great today too. I hope you see that. I was so grateful for Tina in that moment who was older and bolder and more confident than I was. I mean, back then I was in my early mid twenties and I didn't know what to say to this, but Tina just took the reins and said, yep, you look great then. You look great today. I hope you see that. Those were the right words. The fight went out of Linda and she very quietly bought a pair of pants, probably more out of embarrassment than actually needing the pants. And she left. And not surprisingly, we never saw that Linda again. But there are two things I want you to take away from this Linda. First, we all go through changes in life. We age, our weight fluctuates, gravity relocates some of our parts. It's just part of life. But if we focus on what's worse than it used to be, we'd all be really unhappy people. Now, I don't know the rest of Linda's story, but I wonder, in those 20 years since that picture was taken, did she learn anything new? Did she travel anywhere amazing? Did she try out different careers? You have to give at least as much weight, no pun intended, to those changes and experiences as you do to the changes in your physical appearance. Those things are so much more important to your story than the number in the back of your pants. 
that day, Linda could have come in and had a great time with us. We were having a blast. And I bet you almost everyone in that room would have preferred to have the body they had 20 years ago. But it wasn't life-defining for anybody. Linda missed out on a good day that day because she was focused on a good day 20 years ago, which seems to me to be a really bad trade-off. The second lesson here is that there are times you should not be shopping. I've talked about this before, but when you're having any emotion other than, hey, I need pants or, hey, that blouse is pretty, you should stay out of stores and off of the internet. I choose to believe that Linda wasn't that emotional all the time when it came to clothes or shopping. She was dressed well, which tells me it didn't always end in tears and a let's not talk about this ever again, pair of pants. What probably happened was that Linda was having a bad day before she walked in and she thought shopping would be a good distraction. And then it all fell apart. When you are unhappy, clothes and clothing stores can be absolute landmines. Needing a bigger size can set you off or crappy lighting in the fitting room can make you feel terrible. Shopping yourself out of a funk is rarely successful and frankly, never a good idea. Shop when you feel good and you will have a much, much better experience. And so will the store employees. Okay, let's move on to the word of the week. Today's vocabulary word was originally posted in our weekly Q&A thread in the All Access community, but with summer coming, I thought it would be a great one to share with everybody. So thank you to Katie for the inspiration. Today's term is slub knit, as in, can you explain what a slub knit t-shirt is? Indeed, I can. A slub is actually a variation in the fiber the item is made from. It's a part of the thread that has a little extra thickness to it. So a long cotton fiber that has parts that were thicker would be said to have slubs on it. Does that make sense? Originally, these were caused by poor quality controls in the manufacturing process. When great, great, great grandma was spinning her yarn, it didn't turn out smooth and even every time. Sometimes it would have these thicker parts called slubs. Now, with manufacturing being as automated and advanced as it is, slubs aren't mistakes. They're purposefully made to create a fiber that varies in thickness to ultimately craft a fabric that has some texture and variation to it. In essence, it's an easy way to add a little texture and interest to fabric. So you can have a slub cotton t-shirt, you can have slub silk drapes, or a slub polyester tablecloth. It just means you have a fabric that has a slightly varied and often nubby texture to it. In the lightweight slub t-shirts that we've seen become common over the last few years, the texture is pretty smooth if you touch it, but the shirt almost has a faint burnout effect where some of the parts of the fabric are thinner than others. And I told you at the top of the show that I'm not a huge fan of slub fabric, and I really mean slub t-shirts. And the reason is they don't seem to hold their shape as well. And in my opinion, they get sad and frumpy after you've worn them for a couple of hours. I've found that the higher quality the t-shirt, the better it holds up. I have a Bowden tee that is a slub knit. It looks decent most of the day, but it definitely has to be rewashed after every wearing to return it to its shape. But Old Navy or Target slub tees lose their shape really quick. 
whenever possible, I size down in slub knit tees. So normally if I'm between sizes, I like to size up because I do like a more relaxed fit. However, if it's a slub tee and it's all inexpensive, I definitely size down. It's kind of like my jeans trick. You have to buy them anticipating the stretch. I don't want you to be afraid to try or buy slub knits. They're kind of everywhere and they're really hard to avoid. But if you look in the mirror and think, why do I look dumpy a few hours after getting dressed? That's why. Buy smaller. So that is what a slub tee is. For those of you who need a visual, I've got links in the show notes. Head to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash episode 51 to check them out. All right, let's talk about current events, shall we? So here we are in May and coronavirus is still a thing impacting every aspect of life, but we are starting to see some stores opening in places around the country or at least rolling out plans for what their reopening might look like. I don't know about you, but I got pretty tired of every company I've ever done business with emailing me to say what their company was doing to keep us safe. I mean, thanks Christmas tree farm I bought from in 2014. I'm really glad that you're washing your hands. That makes me super happy. I got to say though, I am finding the emails with their reopening plans to be a lot more interesting. Nordstrom sent one last week that outlined how they'll keep customers safe, which includes quarantining each item that was tried on for a period of time. Um, adding plexiglass screens at registers, not accepting cash, and closing some fitting rooms. Macy's said they'll close every other fitting room and quarantine each tried-on item for 24 hours. Now, I find the quarantining of clothes, I don't know, kind of interesting because no one knows how long the virus lives on fabric. 24 hours, maybe 23 hours too long or two days too short. We don't know, but that's what they're doing. I guess it's they feel like that gives some sense of safety and, and maybe it does. Who knows? Chico's brands, including White House Black Market and Soma and obviously Chico's, are focusing more on curbside pickup from stores and shopping sessions by appointment. Gap, they plan to have all 800 of their U.S. stores open by the end of May, and they will limit the number of shoppers in the store at one time. Retail stores were allowed to reopen in Minnesota just this week, and some stores were creating wait lists and texting customers when it was their turn to shop, kind of like a restaurant wait list. It's a creative solution, I will say that. Uh, the Mall of America, they plan to stay closed until June 1st, which makes me think how naive I was in late March that our April Mall of America retreat was really going to happen. I was younger and more optimistic back then, I guess. I'm going to link to an article in the show notes that shares the plans of quite a few retail companies and it's being updated all the time. It's a great resource, so go check it out on our website. By the way, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about stores who weren't doing free online returns and instead were extending their store, their in-store return deadlines for a period of time after the store reopens. I know like J. Crew, J. Crew Factory, I think J. Jill, they were all doing that. If you have bought from any of those stores and you're in an area where stores are reopening, double check to see if the return clock is ticking for you. I don't want you to be to have waited all this time to end up with things that you now can't return. Okay, when we come back, I'm going to share a few tips for creating a personal style you love. 
Doors to the All Access Membership are reopening June 3rd, and I know we talk a lot about how your annual membership includes an entire year's worth of done-for-you capsule wardrobe guides, but today I want to chat briefly about the masterclasses. Our members get instant access to four style masterclasses to help you become an expert on dressing your unique self and building a wardrobe you love, one that defines and reflects your style and helps you find your personal bests. We have classes on finding your best colors and one for using more color in your wardrobe. We have a class on finding jeans that fit, flatter, and don't fall down. And if personal style is something you really want to master, the signature style class was made for you. With four video modules and a workbook full of exercises, it takes you through the exact process I use with my clients to help them create a cohesive style that is as fabulous and unique as they are. You have access to all four masterclasses for as long as you're a member, so you can go back as often as you need until you are the expert. Plus, if you've got questions, the members of the exclusive Facebook group are there to help and give feedback, and I answer your personal questions every single week. If you're ready to get good at dressing yourself, your body, your colors, and create unique, effortless style, these masterclasses are absolutely invaluable. For less than the cost of all four classes, you get the classes, the capsule guides, the exclusive Facebook community, and extra resources every single month. Friends, if this is an absolute steal. Doors open again June 3rd, and if you don't get everyday style emails, head to the show notes on our website and take the style quiz. That will get you on the list, and you'll be the first to know when all access reopens. I cannot wait to meet you in the community. Okay, we are back and continuing our conversation from this Monday's office hours, where I shared with you that your wardrobe must have items, must reflect your personal style. This is an area a lot of women struggle with, though. They love the idea of having personal or signature style, but they don't know how to get there. Today, I'm going to share what personal style is, my trick for helping women figure out how they want to look, and I'm going to share a couple of mistakes women make when it comes to personal style. Let's start with what personal style is. There's a quote from celebrity stylist Rachel Zoe that says, style is a way of saying who you are without having to speak. I like this quote, and I think it is 100% accurate. What you wear, regardless of whether you want it to or not, says a lot about who you are. The challenge is, if you don't know what you want to say or how you want to say it, quotes like this are confusing and unhelpful, as accurate as they are. There's another quote from Diane von Furstenberg that says, style is something each of us already has. All we have to do is find it. Listen, I love DVF and her wrap dresses as much as the next girl, but what if you think you don't have style or if you have no idea how to find it, then what? So me being me and a lover of making things practical and easy came up with this definition. Are you ready? Style is the way you want to look expressed by the things you wear. Now, I get that nobody is going to be putting that on a wall quote and selling it on Etsy, but you got to admit, it seems a little bit more figure outable, right? Style is the way you want to look expressed by the things you want to wear. There you go. The way you want to look part encompasses your personality. Are you bold or reserved? Are you trend-driven or classic? There are so many ways to put your personality into style, and that's the start of 
personal style. Then we have the second part, which is expressed by the things you wear. Okay, we can do that. If you say your personal style is bold and trend-driven, but all you wear is nondescript gray t-shirts and ill-fitting jeans, well, we're not really going to get that message, which goes back to Rachel Zoe's quote about saying who you are without having to speak. The gray tees and bad jeans are saying one thing, but your personality is saying another thing. What we have to do is figure out how we get who we are to come out in our clothing. That's what personal style is. Every once in a while, I will ask my communities to describe their style in three words. And here are a few of the responses I got the last time I asked. I actually wrote this one down. Mom-friendly, comfortable, relaxed, dresses, fun socks. Now, remember back to the first part of my definition, that style is how you want to look. For it to be a style, it has to finish the sentence, I want to look blank. So let's put some of those in there. I want to look mom friendly. I don't know what that means, actually. I want to look comfortable. Put that one in your back pocket because we're going to come back to that one. I want to look relaxed. Yes, that is a style. I want to look dresses. That's not a sentence in the English language. Neither is I want to look fun socks. Again, that's not how this works. So many of those answers skip right to the second part, which is expressed by the things we wear. So I want to look relaxed could mean I want to look relaxed. And so I buy fun socks and comfortable dresses, or I want to look relaxed. So I wear mom friendly clothes. I still don't know what mom friendly clothes are, but I don't judge. A few days later, after I asked people to describe their style, I'll post again, asking people if their outfit that they are wearing that day reflects their personal style. And overwhelmingly, the answer is no, because no, because I have kids. No, because I had work today. No, because I go to the gym every day. This brings me to the first and biggest mistake women makes when it comes to personal style. And that is Thinking that style is completely separate from lifestyle, that personal style is totally separate from lifestyle, and it is something that happens when all the conditions are right. Let me give you an analogy. When I lived in Virginia and my girls were little, we would go to this big pumpkin patch every year around Halloween. It was a great opportunity for those perfect fall photos, but every single year we would have a heat wave that week and the cute flannel and fleece outfits that I had bought for them would go unworn and I'd be scrambling for something that didn't have popsicles or flamingos or something summery on it for them to wear. I had the perfect style for them, but only if all conditions were right, which they never ever were. When you reserve your personal style for those occasions when all conditions are right, two things happen. You go through the biggest chunks of your life in clothes that don't express your personal style and are a little less fun. Again, style becomes fun when it becomes personal. The other thing that happens is you also don't have anything for your personal style when all conditions are right either. Do you know why? Because those perfect moments are few and far between, and we don't feel we can justify the expense for things we just won't wear. 
This is why we have a hard time getting dressed for date night or mom's night out, which should be perfect style conditions, right? You don't have to worry about somebody wiping their hands on you. You can wear uncomfortable shoes because probably going to be sitting down all the time. Those are the right conditions, but because they don't happen nearly enough, we don't stock our closets for them. And then we don't have fun in the perfect moments either. This one really makes me sad. By the way, the last time we went to the pumpkin patch before my girls kind of aged out of it and didn't want to go anymore, I didn't buy them outfits because I was like, forget it. They're never going to wear them. It's going to be 90 degrees. What a waste. And I'm going to be disappointed. And that time it was sunny and 60 degrees. See what I mean? I didn't have the right thing when the conditions weren't right. Then I ended up not having the right thing when the conditions were right. So what should you do instead? Well, you figure out how you want to look, and then you apply that to every single aspect of your life. You apply it to your work wardrobe and your workout wardrobe. You apply these words that we're going to come up with to describe your style. You apply those words to your mom's night out wardrobe and your pajamas. Once you figure out those words, which I call style guideposts, it becomes easier to have personal style no matter where you go or what you do. I wish I had time in this episode, in this format, to take you through the exercises to find your style guideposts that the masterclass covers, but that would be its own show. But in the end, you should have three words that finish the sentence, I want to look blank, blank, and blank. Maybe your words are bohemian, feminine, and relaxed. Maybe your words are edgy, minimalist, and bold. Your words are completely up to you and there are no wrong answers. But finding the right style guideposts will help you in a few ways. First, they make it easier to shop and not waste money on things you never ever wear. If you find a clearance skirt, which is a quote unquote great deal, but it isn't bohemian, feminine, and relaxed, there's a good chance it will languish in your closet unworn if that's how you want to look. If you are tempted to give in to a trend of ruffles and floral, but your words are edgy, minimalist, and bold, your words will guide you off that ledge and help you not waste money on things that truly deep down aren't you. Style guideposts help you refine your style too. When you get dressed, ask yourself, is this outfit edgy, minimalist, and bold? If not, what can you add? What can you drop or what can you swap to make it look like you want to look? In no time, you will be putting together outfits that hit your guideposts without even thinking about it. That is when you have found a signature style and getting dressed becomes easy. Finally, cleaning out your closet gets easier too. When you are on the fence, run that item past your guideposts. If they don't apply, chances are you can chuck it and you will never miss it. Coming up with your guideposts isn't easy, but it is absolutely worth the effort. It is worth the time to figure out how you want to look. Three words that describe your style, your true authentic personal style. You will never regret doing them. Now, I told you that I would share a couple of mistakes women make when it comes to personal style. And the last thing I want to leave you with is a few words women choose as their guideposts that aren't style words. The first one is comfortable. Remember, I said we were coming back to it. So pull it out of your back pocket. Here we are. 90% of the women I talk to describe their style as comfortable. Remember that style finishes the sentence, I want to look blank. 
I want to look comfortable is frankly not something you should be saying. Don't get me wrong. I want you to feel comfortable. But if somebody walks up and says, my, you look comfortable today, you're probably wearing pajamas. At the very best, you're wearing sweatpants, right? Focus on finding pieces that look like you want to look, but also feel the way you want to feel. If we go back to my style is bohemian, relaxed and feminine or whatever we chose, go for pieces that look like that, but are also comfortable. When you shop with comfort as your number one qualifier, you get a wardrobe that looks comfortable. If you shop with your style guide post as your guide and you buy comfortable pieces that reflect your style, it's a completely different experience that adds up to a stylish wardrobe that really works for the way you live and the way you want to feel. Now, right after comfortable is casual. And this is also a word that describes clothes, but not style. Casual and dressy are levels of formality, not necessarily style. Women who say their style is casual often have trouble getting dressed for anything that isn't casual. We all have casual events to go to, and we all have dressier events to go to. If your lifestyle is 90% casual, you should have 90% casual clothes that reflect how you want to look. You should have those edgy, minimalist, bold, casual pieces. You should have those bohemian feminine, casual pieces, rather than saying your style is casual. Because again, when you lead with that as your number one qualifier, it's going to end up looking differently than you want to look. My last pet peeve word is another C word, and that is classic. This one actually is a word that describes style. You can finish the sentence, I want to look classic. That would be right. However, so many women use it as a default word to mean I shopped in 2004 and I don't want to do it again. Just because you bought it doesn't mean it became a classic. Just because you keep things for a long time doesn't make your style classic either. Classic clothing traditionally means high quality, tailored pieces, neutral colors, and structured fabrics. Usually when I tell a woman that classic means tailored tucked in tops and structured fabrics, she'll say, oh, oh no, I'm not classic then. Classic is not a catch-all. I'm not saying your style isn't classic. It could very well be, but I am saying that if you are choosing classic because you don't like clothes or shopping, there are probably better words out there that will help you get to a wardrobe that you love. Okay, that's all I have for you this week. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash episode 51. That's where all of the links and resources from our shows are kept. And take the wardrobe personality quiz. It'll get you started on personal style. Use what you've learned today to create some style guideposts without using comfortable or casual and being very, very careful with classic. Finally, come join the all access group when we open on June 3rd. The signature style class goes way more in depth than we can cover here. We talk about how to pick the right elements to bring your personal style to life, how to make a list of the key pieces your wardrobe needs. And as a bonus, I show you how to create outfit formulas that bring your style to life easier than you ever thought possible. Seriously, the outfit formulas module is a total game changer. Okay, your homework this week is to work on those style guideposts. Your three words that describe 
how you want to look. That's where you got to start is how you want to look. Come post them on our Facebook page. There is a post already up waiting for your words. You can find us on Facebook. You can just search Everyday Style with Jen or head to the show notes on our website for the link. That is it, everyone. I'll see you Monday with Office Hours. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast for show notes, freebies, and links to connect with me on social media. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is making style easier and more fun for you, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.